You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 47. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope everything is going well with you. All is good here. I'm just keeping the fast, just keeping the fast over here, working on all the things to help you to spiritually fast as well. And my team and I are busy planning out the next year, and it is going to be spectacular. Spiritual fasting is amazing, and I am just learning so much day by day, and I cannot wait to give all the information to you over the entire next year. You know, growth is both scary and amazing at the same time. So it's just something that we can hold in both hands, right? It's scary and amazing, joy and sorrow. We can do all of it, all of it at the same time. So for this podcast, I wanted to pass on to you my interview with Sister Dee Dee Byrne, one of the most amazing nuns on the planet. She is such a light in my life, and I want to share every one of her words with you today. This interview was from the main course of the Hungry for God virtual dinner party, and it is fantastic. She was charged with discussing how to make room for Jesus in the Eucharist every day, how Jesus is really the one true food we are very hungry for, and how he truly is the main meal of life. So without delay, here is Sister Didi. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. This has been such a great time. Um, for our main course, we have Sister Didi Byrne. We are so honored to have her with us. And she is a religious sister and mother superior of the community of the Little Workers of the Sacred Hearts in Washington, D.C. And she is called by many of her friends, um, you know, a medical doctor with a long career, and she's been marked by extraordinary service. She has served in the U.S. Army Medical Corps in active duty in Afghanistan and later as a reservist. She has risen to the rank of, of colonel. She's retired now, um, where she also served in Egypt's Sinai Peninsula. And she's also been a missionary surgeon. She devoted herself to helping the sick in Kenya, Haiti, Sudan, and Iraq. And she's, she says that sometimes her medical skills open doors for her to meet Catholic leaders who help to influence her vocation as a nun. And she'll tell us a little bit about that. Even in 1997, as a senior resident, she delivered medical care to Mother Teresa during the mission's five-day visit to Washington, D.C. And so... We are so blessed to have Sister Didi as a guest speaker for our Hungry for God virtual dinner party, and she is going to open up with a prayer, and then we will start our discussion about being hungry for God. Sister Didi? Thank you. Thanks a lot for the invite. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Oh, thank you, Sister Didi. Well, Sister Didi, we have been talking um, about um, how food is really important in order to be able to spiritually fast so that we're not addicted 
to sugar, flour, and alcohol and the substances that keep us eating all the time. And then we're talking about coaching and how Catholic coaching is important to be able to eat the food that is really wholesome and good for us, good for our bodies and good for our souls. So you are here during the main course and I must show what the menu is tonight. So for those of you who made it, that's great. So here we go. So that's the main course and that's baked chicken with asparagus with um, my favorite fat on top is always melted butter with garlic salt. It's actually garlic with sea salt and lemon. So we can fast and we can still enjoy meals. Um, this is for an eating day. Um, my eating days are Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays on our schedule. And so this is a perfect eating day. It's just enough and it's wonderful and can keep us fasting on Wednesdays and Fridays. So Sister Didi, I first met you. I first knew about you um, while watching the National Republican, Republican Convention in 2020. And you came out on the stage and you gave this beautiful talk about being pro-life. And then you said, I'm not only pro-life, but I'm pro-eternal life. And then you raised up your rosary and you said, this is, this is our weapon of today. And that's when I knew, I was like, oh my gosh, I want to meet this beautiful nun one day. I hope, I hope, I hope. So this is like a dream come true for me. So um, tell us a little bit about your life in Washington, D.C. and, you know, how, how you do all that you do. You have quite a, a biography here, quite a bio. Um, tell me how you do it all. And obviously you are hungry for God. You would not be able to do this if you weren't. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with God and how you do all of this. Well, um, it's it's a, it's not just a, something I can explain very quickly, but I'll just say that um, as a little girl, I, first of all, I grew up in a family. I'm one of eight. My father and mother were wonderful role models of, of married life and their Catholic faith, which was first and foremost. Dad was a is well, he's up in the pearly gates now, um, but he he was a thoracic surgeon in a hospital in Virginia. And mom was a stay at home mother, you know, of eight children. She was never home. She was picking kids up at different games or going to the store or whatever, but she was, she was our, our rock of Gibraltar. Um, but with that said, both of them made, they went to mass every day. Dad would go to the 645. Mom went to the nine o'clock and they were a team. And I, I just took it for granted growing up that every, everybody's parents went to mass every day and it had a influence on my own life. And I think, most of my siblings, although maybe they're not all practicing their faith. And then in high school, I'd heard about um, Mother Teresa of Calcutta and those the movies by the Petrie sisters. I read every book, Malcolm Muggeridge's book. I read everything. I said, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to uh, serve the poorest of the poor and give free loving care to the poor. Then you go just go through your life um, and, you know, have different uh, exposures to different things. When I was in college, I had, and this calling was still kind of inside my heart. Um, and the mass was important as a child, at, you know, for sure, Sunday mass, we went as, as kids, my parents would always make us, if we didn't go to mass with them, we, they'd want us to bring home the bulletin so that we'd know, they would know that we went to mass that Sunday. Um, but 
Great. Uh, you know, so that that was really important. I had people I met through my life that had also instilled the importance of the rosary. I met a priest in the army who was very involved and had a great love for the Blessed Mother. And so I don't want to spend too much time talking about this, whatever. But that was sort of my earlier years. Yeah. Um, well, so in our in our delay and pray like program in spiritual fasting and, and actually mm-hmm. getting for God. So the sacraments are the basis of the program. So that's, that is the first thing that we talk about Mm -hmm. is getting to at least one daily mass to start and one hour of adoration per week and monthly confession. Mm -hmm. And honestly, in today's world, that's actually asking a lot in some cases. Um, Yeah. So it is very interesting. In one way, yes, but in one way, no. I remember a very dear friend of mine, we're doing a movie on her life. Uh, Sister Philip Marie Verley. Oh, yes. Uh, she um, she was euthanized in St. Louis, Missouri. St. Charles. Is, Missouri. She the, is she the one that was on the video that you sent me? Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, oh. I'm not sure. I'm not oh, sure. Okay. No, no. That might have been. I've lost my two two dear little 80-year, 90-year-old sisters. One one that died beautifully just um, on the first, 2nd of September, Sister Licha. And then Sister Philip Marie was euthanized a year earlier. Mm. So I'm gonna we're actually doing a fundraiser this weekend with with Beth on a tale of two sisters, one that died beautifully in the loving arms of her family or community, Sister Philip Marie, who we did our best to be at her bedside until evil forces pushed us out and forbid us to be at her bedside. And um, they stopped her hydration and her oxygen. She died soon thereafter. So we're going to be doing a movie on that. But, but Sister Philip Marie was an international retreat leader. And she um, would always talk about the importance of an hour a day, spending an hour a day um, in Thanksgiving adoration, you know, like the acts, adoration, Thanksgiving contrition asking god for sorrow and then and then supplication asking for special favors Mm -hmm. and you do that uh 15 minute break up the hour flies Uh, or you could do spiritual reading and um she one one businessman went up to her and said sister you know you're really asking the impossible i'm a i have 10 children i'm the ceo of this big it goes on and on she goes oh my gosh sir you need two hours in front of us yeah but uh so um so a lot of people who think that they can't carve out that time because they don't have the time it's amazing how um i have learned in my own life and in, in those early years i learned through my parents with mass um because that is the the eucharist is the twin the twin lights of the eucharist is mass and and exposition those are the twin lights of our faith all eucharistically centered and, um, you know, um, when I was in my earlier years, I learned to um, spend time, even if it was like 10 minutes, five minutes, to spend time before the Lord and make these very important decisions before the Blessed Sacrament. And in fact, when you bring up the RNC, I didn't even have anything like that in my way of life. But in August of 2020, I guess, I was praying before the Blessed Sacrament. I said, Lord, I'm really sorry I'm not doing enough for you. I'm, forgive me. 
And I was alone in the chapel, so I could do a little bit, bit of this. And I said, Lord, use me. I want to be your voice for life. Use me any way you want. I'm your girl. I said it just like that. And then two hours later, the White House called. And the Trump White House called and asked if I would would like or be willing to speak at the Republican National Convention. And I, I didn't even think... I don't think I've ever watched any Republican or convention before, but I said, so I didn't really have a clue what they were really asking, but I said, if I can speak on the sanctity of life, I'll do that. And they said, you sure can. So my point to that story is that, you know, first of all, be careful what you pray for. <laughs> God. Yeah. The second thing is that um, the cent the center of our life is the blessed sacrament. It's like the the main course of a meal the protein and the vegetables with a with a dash of fat is what's mm -hmm. going to give you the sustenance for the rest of your day and the eucharist is that protein and vegetable with a dash of fat that's going to give us our sustenance on a daily basis mother teresa of calcutta when she started the missionaries of charity god called her to do you know it's a call within a call she was having adoration weekly and they were not really getting vocations and things were. So she decided we're going to have daily adoration. And uh, well, the rest is history. The missions of charity, the way they grew, the way that mother has been able to get her sisters in every continent in the world and every, you know, little island and village and the beautiful work that the the little things that she does for Jesus was kindled by the eucharist but i have found that the more i spend for the blessed blessed sacrament the quicker it goes mm -hmm. and it's a lot of times it's a time for me to be able to process things i need to do if things will come to my mind i put i have postums on my where my pew is you might be called the electrician tomorrow i mean things pop in your head and people might say oh these are terrible distractions but no it's just these are the important things god wants you to to take care of on our day-to-day -day simple basis. So, oh, I love that. I love that. Um, I do see people with journals and they're just jotting down their thoughts and things they're talking about with God. And yeah. I, I, absolutely, I absolutely love that. I have a little phrase um, in my group and I always say, spend time with Jesus and bend time with Jesus. I feel like the more time I spend in adoration and at mass, and now I used to go to monthly confession, but I'm seeing that I go a little bit more often when I need to. Mm -hmm. um, I'm finding that I have more time in my day, in my week. I I literally have the best weekends now. I used to work on the weekends. I used to work on Sunday accidentally just for a couple hours. Um, I had no idea the value of resting in Jesus on Sunday. Um, mm -hmm. This the spiritual fasting has taught me so much, and the more that I hunger for God and spend time like literally physically in the church, mm -hmm. the better my life is all the way around. And the more energy I have, and the more time I have to spend on others, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. miraculous. Jesus can do that, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> he he not only can, he is. He will. Um, he will do that. I mean, you know, as our founder. We're our community is about 130 years old. Our founder, blessed, he was beatified in 2016. So, blessed Monsignor Francesco Greco from southern Italy mm. said, It's before the most blessed sacrament that I found the love of Jesus and the power of that love. So, it's before the most blessed sacrament 
I found the love of Jesus and the power of that love. And that's, those words really drew me to the little workers of the Sacred Hearts because I was, as a physician, I was, I mean, from the from a little girl, I knew God was calling me, but I had all these secutious roots getting there. But I was actually going to become a, a missionary of charity um, and give up my medicine and because I thought that's what God wanted. But when I met with a very holy priest, I never knew who he was, but I had a 30-minute conversation with him just one time. His name was Father John Harden. He's He was a famous Jesuit. When Mother Teresa was in town, many people came to visit. And someone was kind enough to let me spend time with him. And I said, you know, Father, I can't find a community that's life-giving and centered on the, that are really living the virtues. Because many of these medical communities were, had gone off the bandwagon, you know, they're, the 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 nuns on the bus kind of sisters you yeah. know yeah um and not pro-life like pro-life. that one sister that spoke in the dnc who someone said are you pro-life and she says that's above my pay grade mm. well, catholic should be pro-life yeah much less a religious sister but he told me no i don't want you to be a missionary of charity because god gave you the gift of medicine and you you need to use it we're in now, this was 97. He said, we are in desperate times now. We don't have good Catholic hospitals, and we don't have enough Catholic doctors. And so you need to find a community that will let you use your medicine. And I, and so I was really, I, was, I said, that's great. That's fine. <laughs> I just, I was um, fine with having him tell me what to do because most people say, oh, pray about this, and that, but he was very clear and very forward about that. And he was a great friend of the Missionaries of Charity because Pope John Paul II wanted, was it Pope John Paul II? Yeah, that wanted Mother Teresa to do catechesis on the streets in a very simple level. It was Father John Harden who wrote that little catechesis for the sisters to teach okay. the faith to people who didn't know how to read. So Father John Harden was a very holy priest, um, Jesuit, and, um, and so I was blessed. He really mm-hmm. changed my, the course of my life in that way. So now, were you um, a colonel in the army at the time, and then you became a nun, or what was the progression? So I, I was not a colonel in '97, but I was. Um, I so I had been went through med school. Um, and served for four years as a family doctor first. And then I did a year of missionary work. And this was in about 89. I had um, did not resign my commission. I just became an inactive reservist. And I had no clue what that meant. And your nephew, the officer, naval officer, will probably laugh at this, but I didn't know. I was I was a major at the time. And then I decided after a year of, of doing the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola, it was like a, a, a 40-day spiritual exercise and doing a lot of missionary work and ha- having a lot of fun serving as a doctor for the poor, I um, went and followed and went, I went on to a surgical training. And I was getting all these letters from Uncle Sam, and I just threw them away. I said, no, I'm going to go into religious life. I won't worry about this. Until 97, when I finished my training, um, and I met Mother Teresa and Cardinal Hickey, who was um, the cardinal in D.C. at the time, became my spiritual director. And that's a whole kind of another story about how that happened. 
but I went back into um, service a bit as an inactive reservist. Mm. But my I had been passed over because in the military, you so in that 97, 1997 period, I was passed over. But a friend of mine wrote a letter because I just finished. She had written a letter to support me to, to try to get back in. And it, and it happened. So when I said that I'd gone through those years of becoming now a general surgeon, I went before the board in about three weeks, became a lieutenant colonel, mm. still seeking religious life, but working as a missionary for those three years in 2000, really about 2000 to 2002, when I met the little workers of the Sacred Hearts. At that time, the towers fell. I was there at the base of the towers that afternoon, September 11th, 2001. I was in Manhattan and we're there firsthand with the Missions for Charity giving out food and water. And so the world changed at that time and they were started to activate all the reservists and everything. But I was also entering the little workers of the Sacred Hearts. I got special permission to from the community through the Vatican to continue my, if I could continue my formation, I could then put on don the military garb when needed as a, because I was working as a surgeon, no matter what. So that happened. I finished in 2004. I made first vows. And then I got deployed first to Walter Reed, which is down the road from me for just three months. And then I went on to Fort Carson in Colorado. And then my last hurrah was in 2008 in Afghanistan. And it was during that early period in 2005 that I became a colonel. And, you know, just basically just working as a doctor, but taking care of the best of the best, which are is our military soldiers and our families. So between serving the poor and serving our military soldiers, I had the best, you know, uh, service of people to care for. It was only three times that I was deployed, three times in the period of time that I was also a religious sister. Wow. That is yeah, that's that's kind of, it's an uncanny thing. And I just know that it was God wanting it to happen for many reasons, but I think to be able to bring this love of his to so many people who are in very, you know, starving worlds right now there. And I don't mean physically, I mean, spiritually starving and, or spiritually poorly fed. Mm-hmm. Poorly fed. Who those, I remember going to school in, in to Virginia tech and we had a lot of people that lived in the mountains. And when there was a, dog food sale they would go would go like that because people were so poor they could they lived off of things that were not not nutritional and healthy Mm. and uh so that's what happens spiritually to us we become spirit spiritually unhealthy like you mentioned your work unhealthy in our eating habits but spiritual heating eating all of it so i I don't have time to do adoration i don't need to go to confession Mm-hmm. I'll skip Sunday mass. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what happens when that's all happening, then, then comes the McDonald's drive through a lot, then comes mm-hmm. followed by like sloth, which is streaming Netflix and playing video games all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and spiritual fasting is really getting fit for body and soul. So it's fit for the kingdom in both body and soul. Mm-hmm. And I believe that if we get fit for the kingdom, um, as a body soul composite, if we're working on our bodies and we're working on our souls and we're doing the best we can, then we can actually live out the mission 
that God has for us, um, each one of us as unique human beings with the miracle of dignity that he has given us. And he loves us so much. He wants to give us so much, but oftentimes we just say, no, Mm -hmm. I don't want to. And so that's the sad part is Mm -hmm. stepping up into the sacraments first, Mm -hmm. then looking at what we're feeding ourselves, what we're doing with our time. And what's interesting about spiritual fasting that I find sister is that the more, when I'm spiritually fasting and I have like a time of fasting, that's let's say 20 hours on a Wednesday, Mm -hmm. I find myself getting to church, getting to scripture study, um, working on my podcasts that are always religious, um, praying, um, grabbing my rosary because I'm kind of uncomfortable just a little bit, um, saying a decade for this person, saying a decade for that person, mm-hmm. saying a decade for Mary's intentions. Um, mm-hmm. it, I get hungry for God when I start to fast. Um, we are naturally drawn to the eternal one when we stop feeding ourselves junk. Um, It's just natural. Like this is, we go to prayer. You don't see me going to to Xbox. I mean, there's just, or or like Netflix. That's, it just doesn't even occur to me. Um, So it's, it's really kind of, it's very beautiful. Um, And I think it's something that um, this whole world needs. And especially now, I saw that you're going to be a speaker at the International Prayer and Fasting a conference, I think, in Washington, D.C. on October 28th or something. Um, yeah, I know you're you're busy, but um, it's just out there a little bit. I, I saw you like on the list. Um, what do you think of prayer and fasting right now? Well, I think it's it's um, critical in, to be able to, as you say, uh, and you teach it better than anybody, the importance of being able to um, kind of enter into more of a silent period with our Lord and and uh, sometimes the kitchen and the eating is sort of a social environment and it's a place where the family gets together, which is fantastic. Um, but when you're fasting, and that's why a lot of the monks would go to the desert and they were, you know, would fast a lot. Um, and some of our great saints were um some lived their whole lifetime on you on the eucharist um and And catherine of vienna also years i think on the on the eucharist (laughs) it was another one who she's not really well known but she's during the second world war she she lived through the agony i'm blocking now in her Teresa martin was her name Mm. no Teresa newman and a lot of the, of, you know, Nori, Joanne Von Zuel's mother wrote a book on her. Okay. Um, Joanne is friends with Beth, yeah. with uh, Betsy. Yeah, Betsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh, my goodness. So, so I think, I think I, I'm far from any expert and there have been many books written about it. So it, it's, it's critical for our spiritual life to, yeah. um, I try myself, but I try not to eat too much during the day. So I have a, a little something for breakfast, and then I have a little something for dinner. Um, that's health, pretty healthy. And in between, try to just min- minimize everything. And yeah, I find myself, I don't, I'm busy, and um, sometimes I get that hunger pain. But you know, water is really good for, and and it's critical to keep yourself well hydrated. 
well hydrated, mm-hmm. exercising, hydrated, just moving, 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 moving. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing I noticed about my mom who lived to the age of 91. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was moving until her later years until COVID. And then uh, when COVID happened, she was kind of trapped in her her uh, apartment and she went downhill mentally and physically pretty fast. Um, but I want to just tell you that what people don't understand about euthanasia and about how mm-hmm. awful it is and how awful abortion is, is just life is so beautiful. And I forget the saint who said it, but there was a saint who said, don't give it up one minute before you have to is, is what they said. And and it's because I can remember being with my mom at her last rites because we fasted to get into her retirement home and we got in through spiritual fasting. And I remember being there with my mom. It was such a blessing. It is when my nephew, who's a priest came in to give her last rites. Wow. Yeah. And it was just the three of us. And it was like, it was such a blessing. Well, you know, that's our mission is to get people, saints to heaven. And we want to get to heaven so we can become saints. And um, I that's why the tale of two sisters here is going to come. And um, I'll just show you real quick because I just buried yeah. this one yesterday. Oops. Oh, yeah. This one, this one was euthanized. Oh, oh my and, gosh. And Betsy and they were going to, they're hosting us to do this story on euthanasia. We're going to just fundraise. But Sister Phil, Sister Licia, my dear friend who was a religious sister and my superior for so many years and everybody was actually very worried about me <laughs> when sister passed on a week ago. Oh, um, I've been praying for you. Thank oh, you. My- but I'm okay. I mean, I, because like your mother, she died. I mean, our mission, my goal when I, people come into my lives is to send them to heaven and sister was anointed three times. The last one was the apostolic anointing, which is, the for someone who's an extremist and they are given this blessing that frees them from all sin from the moment of their birth to the moment that they take their last breath you know and you get them given that apostolic blessing we have we're blessed to have mass every day and the priest was offering the holy liturgy and i asked him would you would you please try to give sister the precious blood because she couldn't drink so he put his finger in the precious blood and tipped it on her tongue. And so she had been anointed three times, apostolic blessing. I was with her all night. And then um, then that morning when I saw that she was going, it was right after the precious blood, I called everyone in and we prayed the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Mm-hmm. So this, this beautiful soul in my life, like your mom, mm-hmm. has gone to I am certain if we, we really believe what we're what we're um a part of which is the eternity of, of our Lord and our blessed mother that she went straight to heaven like your mom because of these beautiful sacraments that our Catholic faith has given us. And um so you know we have our mission is to is twofold. It's really twofold. It is to bring um to keep myself in the state of grace as best I can and then to bring as many with us so not only being pro-life but pro-eternal life and we want everyone even the hardest sinners even those who are uh you know hurting us to go to heaven because no one in heaven has a vendetta so if I have a vendetta with somebody you might as well get rid of it now mm-hmm. so we can go to heaven so to 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 keep myself in the state of grace, which is 
Eucharist every day. I want to encourage your people to go to mass every day okay. and to, um, so to, and confession as often as needed. Now, Mother Teresa and Pope John Paul II went every week. So that's a challenge I'm going to put forward to your, um, to I'm your- hearing that more and more is weekly. Yeah, I, I, I totally, I totally agree. Um, and that's what we're fasting for is eternal salvation and fasting our children into mass, fasting our husbands to mass, fasting for conversions to Jesus Christ, fasting for people to be baptized, sister. There's a lot of people walking around who are not baptized and they're from Catholic families. Some are from Christian families. Um, the miracles that a lot of my clients are seeking um, are these things. And it's just spiritual warfare and we're winning. Mm-hmm. And we're a small group. <laughs> I'm yeah. talking hundred, I think a little over a hundred is, is a small group. Um, and more and more are coming in every time we open a course, but um, it really is this hunger for God that you end up having once you you start you start going into the sacraments and you start going to mass and you start going to confession and you start listening to all of the information about body and soul. A lot of people just don't understand it. And then the information about the food you're eating and how it's kind of keeping you addicted and the marketing of that food and the additives and the things that are in the food. Mm -hmm. Um, And so these are just things we need to be aware of so that, you know, we can um, through God's grace, you know, reach eternal life and bring Mm -hmm. with us. And I, I love that we're talking about euthanasia and abortion and how um, totally against the dignity of human life it is because it's so important. And I'm so glad I came from a Catholic family. I'm the youngest out of eight, just like you. And we were not about to let my mom die alone in that home. We, we were not, it's, we, it was, we were in desperation and that's what I, you know, leave it to my mom. Her last task on earth was to teach me how to spiritually fast because that's what she did. There was nothing else. There was not, I mean, we were, we were, there was nothing else to do. We were going to fast and we got into that nursing home and people were, they just were like, how are you in here? How did you get in there? (laughs) So the Holy spirit, the Holy spirit. And I'll never forget walking in there the first time after not seeing my mom for months and months. And she was like, yeah. And you stayed with me the whole time, right? Yeah, we were around the clock because there were four of us. So we just, three sisters and a brother, we just were around. My brother, he would come and go and help when he could. And then my three sisters too, which are nurses around the clock mm-hmm. um, until she passed away. But you know, when she passed away, it was really joyful. It, it We had laughs and blessed candles and priests coming in. And it, it just, and all the nurses and the CNAs that were around were just astounded by the faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm beautiful she was going to people on her deathbed yeah what a wonderful mom you had she was was beautiful yeah Yeah. so I just want to thank you for being with us this was a treat and I hope to talk to you again and and you know to share more of your wisdom um I will definitely um I would love to make sure that my community, uh, my little spiritual fasting community knows about all of your documentaries so that we can help fund it. Mm-hmm. And um, I just saw a little bit of the the video that you sent me of the sister that was euthanized and she mm-hmm. was astute before yeah. she died. <laughs> yeah. She was just like my mom too, before yeah. COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I'd love to get involved and, and just, you are just a blessing and thank you sister for- and Thank you. you. We're all we're all in this battle together, right? 
We're all yeah. in the kitchen cooking together, right? <laughs> We're all cooking together. We're all hungry for God together. So, all right. Well, one day I'm going to meet you face to face, sister. I'm willing, yeah. I'll wait. be actually out in your area. I'll be in Detroit. You're oh, in Michigan? I'm in Michigan. Yeah. 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 Just have to let me know when you're in there and I'll, I'll come up. It's just north of me. Good, good. Yeah. All right, sister. Thank Take you care. So God much. bless. God bless. Bye-bye. Jesus in the sacraments is the answer for weight loss and ultimate health. We all know that our true hunger is for God. We just need coaching and some inspiration, a little bit of motivation, of course, the sacraments and a good program to find our way to filling up with God rather than overeating and overdrinking. It is possible, my friends. Anything is possible with God. So I hope you enjoyed this interview with Sister Didi. Please share this podcast if it was inspiring for you so that others will hear the great message of Catholic coaching and learn how to fast off of sugar, flour, and alcohol with the delay and pray method, especially on Wednesdays and Fridays. Our whole world needs us to fast and pray right now, and I want to show the whole world how to do it. So have a great week, my friends. Keep praying and fasting and staying joyful, and I will talk to you next week. May God bless you and keep you always. If you are interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray, a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. You won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. This is a group coaching program where you are part of an amazing community of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to bring about miracles while losing that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Your purchase includes an online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. Head over to my website right now at thecatholicfastingcoach.com and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and LinkedIn to always get the latest daily information to help you keep fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always.